Welcome to the Perfect Time Podcast with Christy and Lindsay. Grab your coffee and let's chat mindset. In these mini episodes, we talk about how now is the perfect time to get in the best emotional, mental, and physical shape of our lives. Our minds are the most powerful tool we have. So let's grow together. Good morning, everyone. We have another special guest today to introduce, and I am so happy to do the honors in introducing her. So let's get right to it. Today, we are chatting with my friend, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and call you my mentor, Michelle, if that's cool. Um, (laughs) My friend and mentor, Michelle Stobart, she she and I kind of go way back, and we've kind of like kept in touch over the years, sometimes more than others. And, um, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So I met Michelle, gosh, what year would that have been? Probably 2008 or seven or something. Yeah, it would have been somewhere around there. That's when I came to Athens and started. Okay. Okay. So I was probably a junior or a senior at Ohio university and I had always been, I've always been like an exerciser and I used to be of the mentality of like no pain, no gain, but I saw that the OU student center exercise ping is what it was called, where you would go work out, had yoga classes offered. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to try yoga. And I had never done yoga before. Um, and I showed up and I'm pretty sure my first downward dog looked like a senior citizen trying to play twister. <laughs> Um, and then sweet Michelle was the instructor there and she came around and like gently helped me get into like what an actual downward dog should be. Um, and then the rest is history. I started going to, she owned a studio, a yoga studio in town. Um, and I started going to that and that's kind of how our friendship started. And then, um, fast forward until a couple years ago she landed, and I'm sure she'll talk more about this, but she landed in Columbus studying acupuncture and needed clinical students to come for practice. And so I raised my hand and I started going to Michelle for acupuncture. Um, and now we live so close to each other because now I'm back in, in, uh, near OU. So, um, that's kind of the history of our friendship. And I'm super excited to bring Michelle on because today we really want to talk about, mind body connection and and Lindsay and I really want to make this a whole series. And so we hope to talk more about this, but we thought having Michelle on would be the best way to kick this off because Michelle is like my mind body mentor. Um so Michelle, give us your background a little bit. Like how did you find yoga? Did you grow up in like an environment where um mind body awareness was important, health was important, kind of like lay it all out for us, how you, how you kind of found the space. Okay. Well, first I want to say thanks to both you and Lindsay for having me on your podcast. Um, I can't say I'm a long time listener because it hasn't been a long time, but I'm a long time (laughs) listener. (laughs) Uh, I love your podcast. So it's a real honor to be on your podcast. Yeah, and and also to kick off this uh, mind body series that you're wanting to put together. Thanks for thinking of me. I, I yeah. appreciate. It. Uh, so to get to your questions and to dive in, yeah. Um, so I I did not start in a 
mind body family in a mind body um, kind of way, right? This is something I came to uh, later in my life. So my life started out as a, uh, a poor Appalachian girl growing up on the Ohio River. And we spent a lot of time outdoors um, in nature. My mom provided us a lot of opportunities that were outdoors and in nature. And um, but the, the background of that, uh, that poverty is what made me kind of aspire to more, right? Like I knew to get more, I needed to um, study, to move into a university, to get greater education. And it was really in that opportunity, moving into the, uh, moving into greater education and things like that, that it opened my world to what was possible out there, right? When you're, when you're a child of your family, um, you're limited to what possibilities that they provide for you, what opportunities they provide for you. And then of course, when you get to be an adult, the world is your oyster, right? You get to <laughs> take all the opportunities that you decide to take. So for me, university is where all of that started happening. Um, and I was introduced to uh, Tai Chi, which was a, a very slow meditative movement process. And for me at that time, I was in my twenties, uh, that was way too slow. I needed something more physical, right? And so I, I kind of found my way to yoga, fell in love, um, decided that the way that I felt was, uh, was so good uh, that it was not kind of me to not share it. And so I headed off into a teacher training program uh, to be able to become a yoga teacher. And that was in 2000, the end of 2003, um, and so the beginning of 2004, I kind of hit the ground running as an entrepreneur with no business experience <laughs> at all and, uh, just opened a yoga studio and said, yeah, I'm going to take the risk and give it a try because I think it's worth it. And, you know, here we are, what, 20 years later, and I'm still, um, still an entrepreneur, still in the wellness industry. Things have shifted and changed a bit, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. I love that. I love that you're still doing the entrepreneur thing. And that's something that I, I really like about you. Like, again, when I first came to Ping, um, my downward dog was comical. Like, if I, I wish we could have a picture of that right now. It would make you all <laughs> laugh. And I'm sure you've seen some pretty comical yoga moves, but like never in a way that you would laugh at someone. You're just the most gentle human ever. You are gentle, but you are also fierce and strong. Like I think that juxtaposition is so cool and it's allowed you to be an entrepreneur in a wellness space. You know, like if you didn't have those qualities about you, like that would be a challenge for you, but you have always approached everyone with um, such a gentle way. And maybe that's become because you didn't grow up that way that you see that everyone has to kind of come into their own. I don't know. But I just I love that about you that you're so gentle and calming. You have such a calming energy, but like you're fierce. You're a fierce, fierce woman. Right now you are traveling solo. Tell us where you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for that compliment. Um, I, yeah. I think there is this interesting thing about me. I am so I was born Gemini, right? And Gemini is this two-sided character. And me too. Lindsay, <laughs> you know, yeah, so we're this two-sided character. And I, I feel the representation of that uh, inside of me every day in every aspect that, you know, that gentleness, but also that fierce warrior spirit and, and keeping those balanced and harmonized is 
quite a uh, quite a task sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure it's a feels like a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, but to your question, so yes, I I do a lot of solo adventuring, um, and I'm currently in Fairhope, Alabama. Um, back in 2006, 2007, I read a book about this really interesting uh, hut that was built by this man who came here to die, basically. And um, many years ago, I, I looked to find that this place was a real, a real place and it still existed. So it drew me to Fairhope many years ago. And um, I've I visited just for like a short period of time, twice with just like half a day to be here. And I decided I wanted a little more time to spend here. Um, and I've become friends with the author of that book. It's called The Poet of Tolstoy Park. Um, by Sonny Brewer. And so I've come down here to kind of spend some time in the in the circular hut that was built to spend some time with my author friend Sonny uh, to kind of walk the path of the character in the book and um, just kind of see what revelation happens. So it's all kind of a trip of mindfulness for me to to just be here to pay attention to what's coming up to, uh, you know, do a lot of writing, do a lot of reading and do a lot of walking. <laughs> wow, that's, that's so cool. cool. I love that. And I so let's jump right into acupuncture. Um, Michelle, you have been practicing acupuncture for um, just a short time, but um, I would love to just, if you could give a brief overview of what is acupuncture. I think when we hear acupuncture, sometimes if we've never gone before, um, we know that it involves needles and it sounds insane to go pay money for someone to poke you with needles and then you're <laughs> supposed to leave feeling like a million bucks. So tell us a little bit more about acupuncture. Okay. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, I came to, as we were talking about earlier, you know, yoga is where this all started for me. And then it transferred into massage. And um, as this body ages, even though I do a fairly good job of keeping it healthy, the massage and the yoga were actually deteriorating my body pretty fast. I was feeling a lot of wrist pain, a lot of hip pain, a lot of back pain. And I knew I needed to find something that allowed me to continue to be an alternative medicine practitioner, an alternative medicine healer, because that's really the, the soul of who I am. And, um, and, and I just, I actually stopped doing a lot of my stuff. Whenever I'm confused about something, I generally just quit everything and then wait <laughs> to see what happens. And so that I did that, um, let's see, that was 2019. So in 2019, I did that over the summer. I, I just pulled back from my work, gave myself some space to breathe and said, you know, kind of to the universe or God or however you have those conversations uh, with that higher being. I, I said, look, I, I need some guidance here and uh, hadn't thought about, had done, talked about, read anything about acupuncture for years. Um, and all of a sudden that summer with the limited number of people I was working with, they kept saying to me acupuncture in some form or another. And so I started to research it and uh, learned that I actually could do it, that I had the, the degrees, the qualifications to be able to do it and visited a school in Columbus, which is where I trained and um, decided to, to take their program. 
So uh, I learned as much about acupuncture as um, uh, I thought that I had a working knowledge, but it was not true. The knowledge that I had was not uh, was not the kind I needed for this program. So it was like uh, drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of information coming at us really quickly. So when I talk to my patients about acupuncture, this is what I say to them. Yes, indeed, it is a, a practice that uses needles um, to create a balance and a harmony in the body. And I kind of talk to people about the way it works is if you imagine that your body is kind of like, kind of like the earth, right? And the earth has these like interstate highways and then it has these um, small routes and then it has the, you know, the local streets and then it has the alleyways. In our body, we have the same similar kind of setup where we have like these big pathways, which we call meridians. And then we have these smaller pathways that, that go deeper into the body. And so what happens is along the way, there are like on a highway, there are like rest stops where you can stop you can get rid of the junk you don't need. You can fuel up. You can do these different things. This is the way acupuncture works. Those points along those main highways are the points where we kind of like stimulate, turn on the electricity there and say, now we can dump the junk and refuel and we get everything moving back on the highways of the body the way that they're supposed to. So where those points are, and throughout those highways in the body, what happens is, you know, like there's road construction going on, everything slows down, it stagnates, and then that's where we feel pain or anxiety or depression because somewhere along that highway, something's not flowing the way it's supposed to. So acupuncture is really a way to come in there, go into those uh, specialized areas along the highways clear out the problem of where the construction is and get everything flowing again in balance and harmony so you feel like yourself and not like a person who's carrying around a shoulder injury or excess anxiety or having menstrual problems or digestive issues oh we can talk about all of those all day okay i have <laughs> seen first of all i've done acupuncture years ago i did it when i was like trying to regulate hormones um and I have seen all the different points on the body that you can, you know, what do you saw prick? I don't know with the needle. Yeah, how, they, how hard was that to study all of that? <laughs> that's insane to understand all of yeah. the where the body connects. I mean, it looked really, really hard. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I, I can dive, we can deep dive this or shallow dive it, but you know, like there are 12 main meridians uh, there are four, four extra meridians, um, and and along those they all have their own points. Some of the extra meridians share some points, um, but we learned over a thousand points, Ooh. and not just like where they are, but why would you use them? What are common indications for them? Um, what are their their titles you know because some title points are good for things so you don't even need to know what their indication is by knowing its title you know that it's good for that so there is a lot it was three years and then you have to sit for four board exams to get licensed by the ohio state medical board um, to be able to even practice so even the fact that i graduated doesn't allow me to practice 
until I can prove my competency and and my worthiness. When you apply for um, when you apply for licensing with the state medical board, they ask you a lot of personal questions as well. So you're proving your not only your intellectual competency but your personal worthiness to be able to be within a medical profession, caring mm-hmm. for other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think like your whole, journey, your whole journey up until now has been so perfect for this, right? Like you, you did yoga and you helped people get into positions and, and learn their bodies along with them. And then you did massage where you're doing the same thing, right? Um, and now here you are at acupuncture and I can speak from personal experience. I've been to a couple of different acupuncturists and I told you this, Michelle, and I meant it like you, I can tell that you are really reading my body when you're working with me more so than some of the other acupuncturists that I've been to. And I think that it's probably because you have this super strong mind body connection yourself and you're very intuitive and you learn like the kinesiology of of other people's bodies so that you can like like you said there are so many meridians that and there are probably different pressure points that you could trigger for the same ailment but I can see your wheels spinning and I always thought it was so cool that you were really working through like I remember one time you were um I don't know if we should say this on here but your teacher told you to do one point and you were like I'm just really feeling that we need to do it this way. And I could, and I loved that about you and you did it the way that was feeling right for you. And, um, that's, that's like your whole background has guided you up until this point. I feel like for that. Yeah. And I feel that way too. Um, you know, even though I said into like, uh, from an intellectual standpoint, from what we were studying, I was ill prepared for that, but the practice itself, like I, yeah, my whole life has been building me to this practice. And, and I do come to it with a skill set that other acupuncturists don't, right? Like I spent my, I spent many years as a yoga therapist, I spent many years with my hands on people's bodies. I am a body geek by nature. So everything about the human body interests me to, uh, you know, like the exterior, as well as the interior, as well as the mind component. So like, I just am constantly throughout my whole life devouring all the things that I can about this body and how it works. It's so fascinating. Um, and so, yeah, I bring all of that to, to each patient and each person is different and I treat them, you know, like there's not a one size. That's what I love about this medicine. It's not a one size fits all. So yeah, I've got in my toolkit, the needles that I can do for acupuncture, but I also have in my toolkit, yoga therapy and body alignment. If you're coming to me for pain, sure, I can use my needles to take that pain away. But I also have another scale set of how your body is lining up and and not lining up. And I can bring that in. Um, You know, cupping is another tool in acupuncture we use or moxibustion, which is like some heated herbs that we use. Um, So there's so many things inside this toolkit of an acupuncturist, but as me specifically as an acupuncturist, I've got the last 17 years of my, of my just geeking out on the body and then <laughs> using that, you know, daily in my work as a yoga teacher, as a yoga therapist, as a massage person, um, all that kind of stuff. And I love it. I love having all of those things to bring into um, me as a practitioner working with an individual. So one thing that Christy and I hear all the time, just 
ourselves being really immersed in the wellness space and um, taking, trying to, our best to take care of our bodies is we're at an age right now where a lot of our friends, like we hear hormones, hormones, hormones over and over again about people feeling imbalanced or struggling with different things, whether that's their cycle or otherwise emotions, feelings, um, how much of your work has to do with balancing a woman's when you're speaking with, when I'm speaking about women in general, but like with a woman's body, how much of your work has to do with hormones? And do you start there? Like, what does that, how does that play into your work? So here's a really interesting thing about my work at its core. We see the world in, in a balance between two things, yin and yang right? And everybody has yin and everybody has yang. Yang is like, at its fundamental, yang is like the sun. It's the thing that brings activity. It's the movement, right? It's the daytime. It's that fire, right? Yin is like the moon. It's the nighttime. It's that cooling energy. It's that juiciness, all of that. Everything is composed of that. Even a table is composed of yin and yang, right? Everything has yin and yang in it. And when when yin and yang are in balance with each other everything is functioning beautifully in the way that it's supposed to be and so to your to your question when i am meeting with patients and in particular women and women's health i am looking at what is the balance of yin and yang here and as we were talking about earlier especially women in their like mid 30s to mid 40s late 40s 50s even like we are legacy building, right? We're raising kids. We're settling our careers into a really strong foundation. We're building for our retirement and future. Like, like we are, we are young energy personified. We are yin creatures, but we are young energy personified during this period of time. And so we're burning the candle at both ends, which what that means is we're using up all our yin. And yin's the thing that keeps our joints healthy. It keeps our cycles balanced. It keeps our mind settled. That's the cooling part of us. And so as women, we're just using that up left and right, burning it out with our yang. We're not actually using it up. We're burning it out with our yang. So if we think about like, if you think about like a, a straight horizon line, you break that in half. And so now you have two parts. So one side is yin, one side is yang. If they're in harmony, it's a straight line, right? If there's too much yang, then that line, the yang line rises up and the yin might stay right where it is, like it's the right amount, but now there's just too much yang. So that's too much fire that's needing, that's taking that cooling away, right? It's burning that out. Um, and then as we get older, we get less yin too. So when we get that yin line going down and the yang line going up, then we're in a heck of a place. This is where like hot flashes, menstrual cycle issues, hormone imbalances, these things all come into play because yin and yang is out of balance and we're doing it to ourselves by burning the candle at both ends, by being superhuman, by diving into what the culture says about fast is best, more is better, uh, go, 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 perfection is what we strive for. Right. And so we just burn our yin energy out that way with anxiety, caffeine, alcohol, no sleep, comparison. It's all young. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And so do you think my desire to um, 
have my word of the year, my intention of this year be slow is like the Eastern medicine guru inside of me knowing that I need to increase my yin, like, or I don't know if I'm, if I'm saying that properly. And, and by the way, I'm totally cool if you speak about me from like a practitioner standpoint, because I know you, you have assessed me from an Eastern medicine standpoint, and I'm sure I forget, but I'm sure that I, that I did burn out all of my yin just because I am such a burn the candle at both ends kind of gal. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's probably something you worked on with me, right? When I came to you. Totally. I, I'll, I work on almost every yin, uh, woman nourishing her yin, like almost every woman. There's hardly a woman that comes to me that, uh, that isn't burning it out. I would say the only, the only time that might be true is if I, if I see someone who's the opposite of that, right. If they're like really depressed, a little overweight, um, they lack motivation. Now they've got a little bit too much yin that's like making them heavy, holding them down, right? There's not okay. enough. Yin, not oh, enough that's fire. so interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So what are, what are, what are the tools you have to share with us? How do we, how do we balance ourselves? What, what do we do? <laughs> so, um, it's, it's really hard because it is, a, it's a lifestyle change, right? Like it's really, it's mindfulness at its, at its highest level turned directly towards self. Um, so, I mean, for me, a number one priority, sleep in the yin hours, right? Put your phone away, uh, put your people to bed, like all that kind of stuff. Be in bed yourself no later than 1030. Sleep until six, seven o'clock, you know, like sleep in the yin hours. Um, if you're, if you're throwing yang into yin by being awake, doing things, you know, people who stay up till midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and then sleep and wake up at six, like they've just put a whole bunch of yang into a period which is supposed to be yin, right? So sleep in the yin hours, go to sleep, at, get in bed 1030, put your device away, get in bed at 1030, do something nourishing, whether it's meditate, focus on your breathing, read something that, in, that inspires you, but doesn't activate you those kinds of things, those are yin things. So sleep, uh, keep your minds calm in the yin hours. Uh, I'm a huge, people hate to hear this from me and I hate saying it to them because I don't want to take away your life's pleasures, but caffeine and alcohol, man, like if you're already an overactive candle burner, <laughs> uh, you know, you've got a coffee. <laughs> you've got Here's a, Christy, you we, we're, we both have our coffee mug. <laughs> I know it's so interesting though, because, you know, out of, out of balance means that when you wake up in the morning, you're not rested. Right. And so you turn to the caffeine to throw more yang in because you're not rested. And then that gets you kind of going, um, agitated for the day. And so then you go into your day and you have some energy to, to make your day. And then of course we're coming into the yang hours, right? Like high noon is like high yang. So you're coming into the yang hours. So that energy is rising naturally in the body anyway. And then we come to evening around five o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock for some people. And then their glass of wine shows up, right? <laughs> so now we're going to like deregulate, right? Now we like caffeinated to, to get the yang going. And now there's so much of it or um, so much of it in that way of like anxiety, pressure, movement, 
the energy of the day, right? Now we're going to downregulate with wine, which is also a yang substance. Uh, we're going to downregulate in the yin hours with wine. And then our sleep cycle gets all disrupted because now we've added more yang into the yin hours plus stay up late. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so get your sleep in order and, and organize caffeine and, and alcohol in, I tell my patients like in limited amounts and alcohol, definitely not after five, like, um, it's just a bad idea. And then so let's day see. Drinking. So you're recommending day drinking, Michelle. <laughs> I am <recommending> day drinking. <laughs> like if you're going to have your alcohol, it's a lunchtime thing. So <laughs> well, that's so funny because since I've turned like mid thirties, um, alcohol gives me complete insomnia. Like even one glass of wine, I can't freaking sleep. And even if I do manage to fall asleep, it is the worst quality of sleep ever. And so that totally makes sense. Um, yeah. Do you know, like, do you know, physiology, uh, physiologically wise, why that is? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't. So <laughs> it's, it's this, it's, it dumps. Um, so you're having it and the, it down regulates you, right? Because it's a depressant alcohol is right. depressant, uh, as far as like physiologically what it does to you. It's a depressant. So it down regulates you, but it also gives you sugar right? It's a, it's a sugar-based product. And so you go to sleep and as the, as a depressant side of that wears off, the sugar still remains and the sugar makes a cortisol spike. And that cortisol spike is what wakes you up in the middle of the night. And who needs more cortisol spikes as a woman? Like, tell me. Nobody. Yes. <laughs> you don't need those cortisol spikes in the middle of the night. So that's what's happening is that that cortisol spike is happening and that's where the insomnia comes from. You can fall asleep because of its depressive, uh, depressive qualities that the alcohol brings where it downregulates you, but you pay for that later when you're actually asleep and that cortisol spike kicks in because of the sugar. Well, I have a question okay. though. What if, what if, um, I'm trying to look for excuses for myself. So what if you feel <laughs> rested but you just like the ritual of coffee. So like, that's where my caffeine comes in, not necessarily to like pull me through the day. And then wine doesn't make me wake up at night. What does that say about me? Okay, <laughs> um, I just keep going? Maybe it says you're lucky or maybe it says it hasn't caught up to you yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also I think, so all this stuff that I'm saying too, let's put a... Um, let's put a bracket around this to say moderation, right? Like, right. And I was going to say, I don't do that every single, I do drink coffee every day, but the other, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is all about moderation. Like mm -hmm. we have to enjoy our lives. That's part of the yin yang harmony too, is That's like true. having joy in your life and, and all that. And for some people, you know, that, that coffee is maybe what does it, you know, or wine is what does it, or, um, in my case, cheesecake, man, cheesecake and chocolate, like my faves love them, but in moderation, you know, I can't eat cheesecake every day. There's a price to pay for that. Mm -hmm. I can't, well, I do eat chocolate every day and I'll pay that price happily, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like there's, there's a price to pay. And so it, it's really about moderation, which is the exact same thing that yin and yang is right. If those things are in balance, that means we're in moderation right? We're not too far to one side or too far to the other side. 
we're right in that harmonious place in the center and that fluctuates a little bit um, as we go through the day, just as yin and yang fluctuates as we go through the day. And so it, it really is about moderation. It's not about taking away your joy, but like really becoming mindful, turning that towards yourself and going, okay, I'm not sleeping. What would happen if I stopped drinking alcohol at night? Let me give this a one week or two week experiment. Holy cow, I'm sleeping better. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So maybe wine at night with dinner is not the way to do it in which day drinking is what I advocate for. I mean, if we were in Europe, we'd totally be day drinking, right? We'd have our lunch, we'd have some drinks, we'd have, it's you know, then we'd yeah. have our cappuccino hit and then we would go on with our day. They're doing it right. Yeah. Mm. Right? Let's we all, all need to be <laughs> Um, okay, so we're running out of time, but really quick, I want to ask you one last thing. So something Lindsay and I have been chatting a lot about is, um, which we kind of already, Lindsay already mentioned, like hormones and things. Uh, do the yin and the yang change at certain points of your cycle? Like, um, can you speak to like the cycle, the hormone, the women's hormone cycle, the different phases of the cycle? And maybe this should be a whole other podcast episode if we could have you back on and to dive into this more because I think it's a really cool uh, uh, topic. But can you just summarize real quick on like the different phases of the women's hormones and how acupuncture kind of, or the yin and yang or the Eastern medicine component kind of plays into that? Yeah, totally. So yes, everything's yin and yang. <laughs> so um when we are actually, uh, when we were actually in the ovulation to pre-bleeding phase, we're in the young cycle. So that is when uh, kind of like our progesterone is start. Well, actually the estrogen is on the rise so that it can grow that follicle. It can push it out, you know, and, and make it move toward the uterus so that, you know, if we're going to get pregnant, we can. Um, but then when, when, and if pregnancy doesn't happen, all of that kind of falls off so that that ovulatory heading toward our bleeding phase is all a young uh, is all young cycle in that bleeding phase once we've completed the bleeding phase and we're heading back toward ovulation that's all a yin cycle so we're trying to and when i'm treating patients it's important for me to know where are you in your cycle because that affects what i might be using too in your treatment if you are in the ovulation phase, I might be wanting to build and support your young if you're having problems in that way. Um, if you're, if you're um, having problems where there's a deficiency of yin, then in that early part of your cycle, I'm going to be nourishing yin. Now I'm doing that anyway, whether you're having problems or not, but depending on where you are in the cycle, we are wanting to nourish yin or nourish yang to make that as strong as it can be, especially if we're thinking about balancing women's health or creating um, a hospitable environment for pregnancy and different things like that. And depending on what we've got going on in our lives also depends on how that cycle is flowing and where it is deficient, right? So again, we can dive into it more, but you said real quick, so that's, I'm going to go quick there. <laughs> I love that. That's, no, that's perfect. And maybe we'll, maybe at some point, um, we can dive into that more, but I love that as a, as a skimming the surface kind of a thing. That's perfect. Yes. I think uh, it's also like a good insight for anyone who hasn't dug into the Eastern medicine. I mean, a lot of us are really, 
really just used to like Western medicine and Western medicine ideas. And we're not really actually familiar even with our bodies. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends I have that truly didn't learn about their bodies until we were trying to have kids. Like we didn't really understand yeah. even the phase of our cycle until we were trying, you know, cause we wanted to have the outcome, have the child. And so, um, this is such a fascinating topic, I think, for all of us to understand. Obviously, there's a balance between philosophies and all of that stuff, but just that there's hope of nourishing our bodies in a different way that many that many times people haven't even, you know, dug into. So, yeah, well, and I I say that um, so Eastern medicine and Western medicine can work together. In my opinion, Western medicine, I just posted this on my Instagram page today. Western medicine is the, um, Western medicine is like the medicine of trauma, let's say. So if you have a broken bone, if you have cancer, if you have something big like that, like Western medicine excels at that, right? Our medicine really excels like at that. We can reset a bone, we can cast it up. Eastern medicine in those particular situations can't do anything. I can't set a bone. I can't pour a cast. I can't, I can't make your cancer go away. I can help you with the pain and atrophy. If you have a broken bone and you're dealing with that, I can help you with the, with the nausea or the excess heat in your body from your chemo and cancer. I can do that as an acupuncturist, but I can't help you with a broken bone or cancer, right? So Western medicine excels at that. Where Eastern medicine excels is everywhere else. It should, in my opinion, be the starting point for everybody's health and wellness. It, it, people talk about it as preventative medicine, but it's the, to me, it's the medicine of balance. It's the medicine of harmony. It's not preventing. It is preventing, but it's not preventing anything, right? Like you're still going to get your anxiety and all that. It's like foundational wellness. It's foundational wellness. That's what it should be called. Absolutely. That's a great way to say it. It is the foundational wellness. And in my opinion, if you have that foundational wellness, you're not going to have to worry about things like hormone imbalances or, um, you know, just like these big things that happen. You're not going to have to rely on Western medicine unless you get a broken bone, mm -hmm. unless for some reason you've got an environmental toxin that triggers your cells toward cancer, you know, that kind of thing. If you're using that foundational medicine to hold and maintain balance, then health and wellness is all that's there yes. for most of the time until the big thing happens. And then when the big thing happens, then we ask what, what next? That's yes. good. I love that. Okay. We need to wrap up, but can you share with us like an Instagram account where, um, well, please give us your Instagram account where we can find you, but also if there's another um, Eastern medicine kind of like teacher tool on Instagram or Facebook that we could follow to learn more about like some of the different philosophies you just talked about. Sure. Okay. So for me, you can find me on Insta at inhale wellness studio. Um, and my, a couple of my top favorites that I follow, um, for all things, women's health, uh, the way of yin is uh is a place i like to go uh she's got some amazing amazing female uh hormone oriented stuff and does a lot of training some of them free she's great um and tcm graduate tv my friend kenton in canada is one of my favorite uh kind of practitioner resources 
um, puts a lot of great information out there. And then also AccuPro Academy, my friend Clara, also in Canada, she puts a lot of stuff out there that's great, not only for people in the field, but for, um, for people who aren't in the field. So they could like know where spleen nine is and what spleen nine is for and how to acupressure that. Because a lot of this stuff you could also do for yourself, um, you know, to just keep things moving a little bit. So those are some of my topics. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for being on. Lindsay, do you have any more questions for Michelle? I mean, I have a million questions, but I'm hoping that we can have uh, maybe even in-person meeting if I can go visit um, Christy and then we can pop over one day. That's what I'm hoping. I love that. In the sunshine and then float yeah, yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah. So I want a water adventure with you all summer. I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your, your slow travels of maybe nothing. Just enjoy it. And we will chat soon. Thank you so much for being on. Thank, thank you. Michelle. for Thanks. Mm -hmm.